0: to Pastor Brant for filling in last Sunday. I was opening God's Word at our East Jordan campus, and they send their greetings. Uh, He started the new series, New Levels, uh, How to Get Victory Over Stubborn Sin. And just a little reminder, in the book of Romans, first step to getting victory over stubborn sin is to be all out and all in. Here's really what it meant. I said, what does that mean, Brant? He says, admitting that I can't do it in my own power. If you're going to get victory over stubborn, uh, entangling, besetting sin, you're going to need help. And the only one that can bring us victory has a name, Jesus Christ. So uh, I'm all out on me trying to do it, and I'm all in on realizing it's only Jesus that can take me to new levels and bring freedom victory to my life that's been chained and in bondage to sin. Today, we're going to look at uh, a true story. Isn't that good? This isn't fiction. This is true story of a man who was tied up and chained for 38 years. Just think about it. 38 years, and today we're going to watch how victory is available to him and available to us. Now, this man didn't experience freedom and victory and go to new levels until he answered this question from Jesus, okay? Here's the question, do you want to get well? Six, six words, do you want to get well? Implication, are you ready to do whatever it takes to get well, Okay. Uh, With that said, I'm convinced every one of us here today have an area of weakness, okay? If you're here today watching on Facebook or YouTube, every one of us are still in process, amen? None of us have arrived. None of us have gotten to the point where, while we no longer struggle with sin. You know what that's called? Being with Jesus in heaven, new heaven, new earth, okay? that That's coming, but that's not the reality today. We still all have an old nature. We still have a daily battle with Satan and sin and this fallen system. So all of us still have stubborn, sinful tendencies that have the potential to do great harm to us and great harm to the people around us who we say we love, okay? Locate with me, Gospel of John, chapter 5, on your phone. Get the Bible app out. I, I realize I probably better say that, right? Bible app out. This isn't a time to go scroll your Facebook account uh, or, or watch a YouTube video. Uh, this is the time now that we're going to get to John, chapter 5, or if you have your Bible with you, that, that's, that's great as well. Uh, today we're going to have a front row seat watching someone whose life was stuck and couldn't move almost for four decades, okay? And when Jesus shows up, victory is available. When Jesus shows up at his side, he pole vaults to a brand new level. And that can happen here today as well. Would you stand with me if you're able? Uh, John chapter 5, we'll read the first nine verses out loud together. Like the flowers up here? Handsome King Dave and Queen Eva brought those for us. So tell them thanks. Let's pray. Let's read out loud and then we'll pray. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. Hey, you can be seated, and then we're going to pray. I picked that up from Brant last week. I thought, I bet you guys would like to sit right now and not have to stay in the... While I ramble on, but we're going to talk to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We're, we're grateful to be here together today to dig and study and worship you as we, uh, as we uh, journey through this story in John 5. Um, I'm asking, Lord, that everybody here in the auditorium, everybody watching online this morning would realize that all of us still have some weak spots. Every one of us here today, we stumble and fall and sin in a variety of different ways. But Lord, we also don't want to use that as an excuse. So Lord, we're we're asking right now that you'll help us not to give up and give in to our sin. Lord, would you help us to grow and mature? And we're asking that you might take us to a new level in our daily walk with your son, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to take another step today. I pray for victory. I pray for healing for some here and some watching online right now. Nothing's going to happen unless your spirit is welcomed and invited to take charge. So, Lord, would you do that even right now? And before we ask you to come and sit on a dirty throne, we invite you to show us Where we haven't yet confessed sin. Stuff you clearly say is wrong and sin, Lord, sometimes we're so busy, we're so rushing around, we forgot to invite you to show us. So would you show us, Lord, if words that we've said, if attitudes that have been expressed, if we've looked at things, participated in things that your book clearly says is wrong and sin, would you show that to us now? And as you make it clear, Lord, we're not just going to sit here and lay in the mud puddle anymore. We're going to do the U-turn, and we're going to run to the cross. And Lord, we want to confess those things you're making clear to us right now. Call it what you call it. It's sin, Lord, and we're asking that you might wash and cleanse and purify. We want that throne to be clean so you can come and sit down. You can take charge. We invite you, Jesus, to take charge today in your church because it's your church. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray every one of these things. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, Well done. I think you said that better sitting down. I really do. Nice job. In what area of life are you stuck and can't move? That's my question to start. What area of your life, like a car that's broken down, not going anywhere that's going to make a difference, why does that happen? Because sin chains us up, puts us in prison, and it paralyzes us, and we can't move forward spiritually. Kind of like a turtle that's stuck. Yeah, how's, how's, how's that? Yeah, I think that turtle's going to need some help, okay? I suspect that some of you men, and I looked this up, a growing number of women here or watching online are immobilized and stuck by pornography and lust. Some of you, uh, that, that habitual sin has had you by the throat for a long time. And I suspect some of us here today are watching. I'm pretty sure there's no victory available here. It's it's just too ingrained. I, I am convinced that there's a, a number of you here today are frozen and stuck regarding your weight. Yeah, I know. Enter with fear and trembling here. Uh, you're convinced that you could never get freedom in this area. You've tried and tried and tried. And some of you in this area, you've just given up. Not even going to try anymore. It's just too frustrating. Others of you are here today and your finances are a mess. You consistently spend more than you earn and you realize this bondage to spending habits is out of control. Many of you, myself included, ugly words consistently flow from our mouths. Words that never should come out of our mouths way too often. Angry words, critical words, gossipy words, uh, words filled with exaggeration and half-truth. Way too much of our lives, there's words coming out that shouldn't be coming out. And some of you are thinking, well, I think it's generational because my mom or my dad struggled with this. And now I got the same issue. These negative, defeating behaviors, patterns of behavior, leave us broken and paralyzed and joyless. And I wish we could say, well, if you're a follower of Jesus, you don't struggle with any of this. That's just not true. This morning, we're going to listen in because Jesus has an encounter with a man who struggled I like this, that he tells us 38 years he'd been stuck and paralyzed and couldn't move. So wherever you're at, maybe you could say, wow, 38 years, yeah, it was a long time. Verse 2, the pool of Bethesda is huge. Pool of Bethesda, excavated, uh, Kevin, we've been there, uh, two Olympic swimming size pools huge five large porches okay now the reason they were there verse 3 there was a belief that there were healing powers in the waters of the pool okay so uh hundreds of disabled it says many hundreds maybe even thousands of people would lay around the pool believing and hoping for a miracle that's why they were there Verse 4, look at it in your Bible, and I suspect that most of you, uh, what happened to verse (laughs) 4? Most translations put it as a footnote at the bottom of the page. Why is that, Pastor Jeff? Because the New Testament manuscripts on that verse are pretty weak, okay? That's just honest, okay? But track with me, please, okay? Without verse 4, This encounter between Jesus and the man on the mat doesn't make sense. Why is he there? Why has he been laying around this pool so long, probably for years? Clearly, something was going on. Something was happening. And these people were hoping, praying, searching for a miracle. And without verse 4, it really doesn't make sense what's going on. Second point I would make here is I don't believe the Lord is in the business of playing games with his kids regarding his book, okay? Track with me again, okay? It was in the 1970s that uh, scholarship recognized, you know what, the manuscript evidence here is really not very good. So beginning in the 1970s, uh, they started removing verse 4 from the New Testament, okay? Um, now, here's, here's my point. All the way down through church history till the 1970s, uh, everybody thought John 5 and verse 4 was Scripture. But now, we, we've done some discovering and we realized there wasn't great manuscript evidence, so we, we took it out. Um, I know, church, you thought it was my book for all these centuries, but now we don't, we don't believe it anymore. Sorry, we're taking it out, okay? So here's my point to you. What God inspires, he also preserves. What, what God inspired John to write down, he also preserved. And I realize he got verse 4 down through the centuries in a unique way, but he also got it down and he preserved it. And I would say to you, verse 4 is God's book. There's, there's, you go, okay? Um, verse 5, this guy's been on a mat for 38 years, okay? He's frozen, can't move, um, and when Jesus walks up to him, he's all alone. Matter of fact, uh, he's going to tell Jesus in a little bit, 7. I'm here. I don't have help. Nobody's here to help me. Nobody's here to care for me. Some of these other people, it seems, might have had some family or friends to help, but not him. Now, let's just think about this man in this condition for years. Now, it doesn't say he's been laying there by the pool for 38 years. It says that he's been an invalid, paralyzed to his mat. But it seems like he's been there a long time in his encounter with Christ. So I don't think it's a stretch to say that his teeth are probably rotten. Okay, Probably uh, because uh, there's no dentist, there's no flossing, there's no Crest toothpaste. Uh, I, I'm just telling you, it, it's likely this guy uh, has either no teeth or what th- is there, they're, they're dark, they're, they're brown, they're decaying. Uh, I suspect his hair and his beard are unkept, there's no combs, there's no mirrors, um, I suspect his clothes are sweaty and probably smell of urine, if, if not from him, perhaps of the hundreds of his neighbors, because there's no porta-potties, right? And, and there's no McDonald's where you can run in, okay? And there's no McDonald's today where you can run in either, right? They're all shut. So we're in similar circumstances, but my point is uh, this guy is a mess. I suspect his breath is awful. He lays there day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, hoping for a miracle. Okay, Now, that's a long time to hang in there and not give up, wouldn't you say? He's he just laying there. Uh, we'd look at him and say, wow, your, your condition is pretty hopeless and pretty helpless, but he doesn't quit. And I just want to make this point. Had he quit and said, that's enough, I'm not ever going to get a miracle, um, he would not have been there when Jesus showed up in his life. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been there for a long time. Okay? Uh, Jesus knew his condition. Jesus knew why he was glued to his... He knew why he was paralyzed. And here's what I want you to know. You ready? Jesus knows your weak area too. Jesus knows that, that besetting, entangling sin issue, Jesus knows where you consistently fail and fall as well. No need to hide. No need to pretend. Because uh, sometimes we say, I- I'm just too ashamed to talk about this and admit it to God Almighty, Jesus, God with skin on. Him. Think about that. I- I'm too ashamed to acknowledge. Can I just say something that you already know? Jesus already knows. <laughs> Jesus is already aware of your struggle. He's waiting for us to own it. He's waiting for us to confess it and admit I need Jesus to come and bring freedom and victory to my life, okay? That's part of the problem, okay? He already knows, but we pretend like he doesn't. Last six words of verse 6 are the key, okay? I would argue this is one of the best questions ever asked, and it's six words. Do you want to get do you want to get well? Jesus asked that question, and I'd like you to just say it out loud with me. Are you ready? Six words. Do you want to get Now turn to your neighbor and ask the question. Go ahead. They need to hear it from you. Go ahead. Go ahead. And say it back now. You, they need to hear it from you. Okay? Why is this such an important question? Why why is this question so insightful? Okay? Here we go. Because some people stuck on their mats paralyzed in a sinful condition for years give up hope. And the truth is we get more comfortable in our discomfort than in risking the discomfort of getting well. Okay? We we are afraid of the unknown I know my condition now. I know what it's like to be laying here paralyzed in my entangling, besetting sin. And the thought of, of actually going out and now I'm going to have to learn. It's more comfortable to stay where you're at than to actually get change and get healing. Okay, Because if this guy gets up and off his mat, track with me, he's going to have to go get a job. He's gonna to have to learn a trade. Why? Because his job has been begging for change, begging for alms for years. So now he's gonna, he can't do that anymore. So he's gonna to have to go learn a trade. He's gonna to have to start paying taxes to Rome and to the temple. Um, he, he's gonna to have to begin facing again the pressures of life. Right now, he's on his mat. That's really all he has to do is lay on his mat and beg for change. He's going to have to play in the garden, look after some sheep, go home, get to know his family, get to make some friends. He's going to have to go start building a life once again if he gets up off of his mat. In some fairly significant ways, give me your eyes, it would be safer and easier And less risky to say, Jesus, no, I really don't want to get well. (laughs) In many ways, uh, I, I really don't want to head down that path and all that that might involve. Thanks for asking, Jesus, but I think I'll just continue laying on my mat. This is what I know. This is what I've known for a long time. The blunt truth is this. Many of us here, many of us watching right now, we know what our pet sin is. We know what what the chains are that are holding us down. We know where we keep failing and falling again and again. Some of us are saying, "You know what? I think I'm going to stick with the known." And I know my mat. I know what it means to lay here in my entangling But, you know, victory and freedom, that's kind of unknown. And that's kind of risky. I think I'm just going to stay here on my mat rather than risking freedom. It's going to take energy. It's going to take effort. And I'm kind of afraid of the unknown. Verse (laughs) 7. Sir, talking to Jesus. Jesus, the invalid, replied, although I didn't know who he was at this point. I, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred. Uh, I got no friends or family here. While I'm trying to get in, somebody else keeps going down ahead of me. Can you feel the frustration and the pain? He, he's, he's really explained, I'm still stuck, but I'm really trying. I'm not very quick. I'd like to beat him. But, but so far, again, he believes that there's something miraculous here, but I'm all alone. But I want you to note, he still has a desire and a passion to get well. He's not content just to lay there, and I'm really, I'm really amazed at this man, but he really, really wants to get off his mat. With authority and power, <laughs> Jesus takes charge of the situation. I like this. Hey, friend, it's kind of like Jesus says, hey, I know you're alone. I know you haven't been able to get your miracle yet but God with skin on has arrived at your mat. Verse 8, get up, pick up your mat, and what does he say? And what? Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now, in the English, it isn't quite as clear, but Jesus is saying, I want you to do something first, and then the healing will come, and that's exactly what happened, okay? This man is going to have to exercise faith, get up, pick up his mat, and walk. And in the Greek it says, and as he stood and picked up his mat, healing came. You tracking? So, so in other words, Jesus is saying, I, I want you to have the freedom and the victory that you've been hungry for, but you're going to have to believe me first. Almost always, I'll say it that way, almost always when we want freedom and victory, I'm in prison, I'm chained to this stubborn, entangling sin, almost always Jesus will act to ask us to act first, okay, before healing and victory comes. Almost always you can expect that if you're going to get victory, Jesus is going to say, okay, but, but I want you to do this first. W- what do you mean? Um, Jesus, I want victory over my spending more than I earn. <laughs> Pick up your scissors, cut your Visa and your MasterCard and your debit card into tiny little pieces. Oh, boy. Suddenly now, you understand? Suddenly now this gets very real. Jesus, I want freedom from my addiction. And you can fill in the blank because there's lots of addictions. My addiction to alcohol, my addiction to prescription painkillers. Okay? Humble yourself. Pick up your mat and make your way to celebrate recovery this coming Thursday at 7 o'clock. And don't go away from 7 o'clock every Thursday. Healing's available, but I want you to pick up, I want you to act first, okay? Uh, Jesus, I need healing in my marriage. Then see Pastor Chad or myself, and we'll get you to a Christian counselor, and you're going to have to humble yourself and have somebody else lean into your marriage mess. Do you understand? So, so almost always, you want victory. Over a messy situation, the Lord's going to say, okay, but I want you to act first, and then you're going to see the healing. Verse 9. At once, no hesitation, the man was cured. Okay? Literally, it was as he picked up his mat and walked, he was healed. It was like a simultaneous, as he demonstrated faith, The healing came. The lame man had a lot to give up by getting healed. His identity, for 38 years, probably as much as he can remember, we don't know how old he was, but his identity was, I'm the guy who sits by the third column. Uh, Yeah, I'm the one with the really bad breath, but I'm the one crying out for change, and that's my identity. So he's going to have to get a whole new identity now and his new identity now is I'm the one who Jesus healed <laughs> I'm the one who's free because of Jesus Christ <laughs> Sadly many followers of Jesus have given up Many many of us I'm never going to get victory I'm never going to go to the next level And we just have decided, well, I'm just going to live sad and lonely and fruitless. Uh, I'm never going to try again to get off my mat because every time I do, I'm just frustrated again. I'm going to just give up on experiencing freedom in King Jesus. And let's just get personal. I suspect there's some of us here today, some of us who are watching right now. We know what our besetting, entangling sin is. We could name it because we've been dealing with it for a long... I've been in prison. Uh, Maybe you think you're able to cover it up. Maybe you think it's mostly unseen. Are you ready? The one who matters the most is very aware. (laughs) The one who can bring victory. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. I'm here to tell you, freedom and victory are still available, 2020. I I believe that with all my heart. Freedom and victory are still available. But first, you have to answer the question that Jesus asked this man. Do you want to get well? Meaning, implication. Are you ready to do whatever it takes to get well? And I think Jesus is still asking that question today. He hasn't quit asking. Last week, we saw the first step is admitting I'm a great sinner and I'm in need of the only one that can set me free, Jesus Christ. Today, step number two, do you want to get well? (laughs) Are you ready to do whatever it takes, whatever work, whatever effort, whatever the Lord shows you, to get well. Jesus, show me the path of freedom. I want to see your victory, your power working in me so I can break free and run strong for you. I believe that the very same Savior that showed up in John chapter 5 will show up in your life here today. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. And I believe he's ready and willing to help you break strongholds, to kill pet sins, to clean out pockets of sins, to unchain us and allow us to rise and get off of our sin-soaked mats. Same Jesus is here and knocking at our door. Some of us are wondering, why is there so little power in my life. Why is there so little joy, little fruit, little victory? And I'll tell you, it's it's because we haven't chosen to answer the question. Do I really want to get well? Do you do you? Do you want to get well? Freedom, victory, is still available. Bow your head, shut your eyes with me as we close. and I just invite you just quietly invite Jesus to speak to you Lord I'm listening what does this question mean for me do I want to get well would you would you make it clear Is the Lord knocking at your heart's door? And by the way, that picture in the book of Revelation, that's written to the church. It's written to followers of Jesus where Jesus knocks at our heart's door. Are you miserable and in bondage and defeated? Is there an area in your life, maybe you've, you've quit, you have lost hope. You're resigned to the fact I'm just stuck here in this miserable condition. It's the Lord saying it's enough. It's time to pick up your mat and walk. I'm miserable. This stubborn sin has me by the throat. And Lord, I'm ready to do whatever it takes to get off this mat. Anybody say, Lord, you're talking to me. King Jesus, I want to get well. Would you just lift up your hand to him right now? Jesus, you're talking to me. Are there others? Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody in the balcony? Jesus, you're talking to me. Just want you to know I've heard from you. Ready to do whatever it takes. Anybody else? Whatever, you're you're knocking real loud, Lord. Just want you to know I'm hearing you. Anybody? Yep. Okay, here's the hard challenge. Just so you know, I wrestled with the Lord on this one. Victory's almost never available when we're alone and anonymous. Okay, this is just a secret little pact between me and you, Jesus. The truth is we need the body of Christ we need Jesus and the body of Christ today is his church I would just offer if you want to get well whatever it takes I would invite you to now embrace the body of Christ his church if you're ready to get off that mat boy, we're all so different. What's holding us on, chained us up, can be so different. Whatever it is, I'd invite you to come and kneel up here on front at the altar. And uh, I know this is strange times. That's why I, I was arguing with the Lord. But I think if you're going to get victory, you got to humble yourself and invite the church to come alongside you, just like Jesus came alongside this man. So... The, uh, the altar's open. If you wear a mask down here, then someone will put on a mask and come, and they're going to pray with you and for you. Uh, if you got no mask, they'll probably just talk to you and figure out. But we, we'd like to love on you and pray alongside you. So if the Lord's knocking, you just come forward right now. We're going to let uh, the Lord work and the Lord knock. You just kneel right here. Yeah. Church leaders, those of you who uh, have walked with Christ, make sure nobody's by themselves, and uh, let's uh, realize that uh, we're in we're in the days uh, of masks. And if someone has one, let's let's be courteous and wear one with them. Anybody else? Make your way down. This is this is serious stuff. When you're finally saying, "No more," am I going to stay on this mat? We have others. We need, we need some more of you leaders. Come on down. Nobody should be by themselves right now. Okay? We need another lady over here, please. Thank you. Just picture right now. About a half dozen people are about to get up off their mat. Is that not cool? (laughs) They're going to get a victory. Lord, thank you that you are still powerful, that you still come to us, and you're ready to bring healing and victory when we really want to get well.